0: and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests, from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more, because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Denise Dumichel. She and I have been friends for 20 years, and Denise is the executive director at Barn which is Bainbridge Artisan Resource Network. She has over 30 years in education and nonprofit administration. She was part of the leadership team for Islandwood during its first 18 years, and she has brought that experience to Bonn. Today, Denise and I are going to talk about how local organizations care for the community through creativity and craftsmanship. Neighbors helping neighbors. Denise, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, this is fun. You always are um, so upbeat and energetic and have great information to always share, so why don't we just jump right in and tell us a little bit about BARN as an organization.
1: So BARN, the Bainbridge Artisan Resource Network, is a makerspace and a learning place. The mission is about using creativity and craftsmanship as a way to build community and serve community. We've been open at this site here on Three Tree Lane for about three years now. Minus, you know, most of the last year.
0: (laughs) I remember when the new space was being built. So where was it prior to that? Was it over by... There was
1: a space they were renting up in the Rolling Bay area. So they refer to it as Rolling Barn. We refer to it as Rolling Barn. And um, it was about 2,500 square feet. And this is well over 20,000 square feet. So we grew wow. mentally. It started with a shared uh, wood shop. And then some weavers and some jewelers said, hey, can we have a little corner of this for some of our projects? And let's do some classes. And pretty soon there was a small group of people saying, you know, this island and this Kitsap community needs a maker space. Let's build it. And they just started talking to folks. And we ended up with, um, we have 10 different studios in jewelry making, woodworking and small boat building, glass arts. Print and book arts, fiber arts of all sorts—from weaving to dyeing and um, sewing—and all kinds of things you would think of that use fabric of some sort. Uh, we also have a media arts studio where I'm sitting right now, and um, metal fabrication, which is machine shop as well as um, as sheet metal and and welding. And there is a writer's studio and electronic and technical arts and then kitchen arts, which has been um, particularly busy through the pandemic in ways that we never anticipated. We can talk more about that in a little bit.
0: Well, it sounds like you have something for everybody. And I love the term makers space. I hadn't heard that before. That's that's really a growing
1: concept around the country. People are getting back to the roots of making some of what you need in your life, instead of just buying it, and throwing it away when it breaks, or repairing something that you have already. There's a lot of that that happens here too. Resourcefulness, you gotta love it. Yes.
0: So, do you have to be an artist to utilize the program <laughs> that Barn offers that you just told us <laughs> all about?
1: I'm I'm a perfect example of someone who said I'm not an artist until I got in here and started learning some of the things that they have to offer some of the skills they have to offer and pretty soon you realize that an artist is not a person with a particular talent an artist is a person with a desire to try something new and make something of any type and um, A lot of times for many people. It's about finding a way to express yourself But there are people who walk in this building all the time who say that I'm not an artist oh, but I do love to bake or oh, well, I write poetry, you know, or I don't have any idea what I'm interested in. There are several people who take pride in having taken at least one class in every studio. And some of them didn't think they were artists before they got in here and started discovering the satisfaction of being able to say, I, I made this.
0: <laughs> they, they discovered the inner artist within themselves. It yes. It that out in them. Exactly. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Barn is a nonprofit. So how did the pandemic affect your day-to-day activities?
1: Well, like many organizations, we shut down back in March, a little over a year ago, um, and then started figuring out what we were going to do next. We um, received a PPP loan, and I was able to bring some staff back on part-time, and then it became apparent through conversations with the city of Bainbridge Island emergency preparedness group, that there were needs in the community that we could help to meet. And so it started with our fiber arts folks communicating with numerous medical professionals to find out what it was they needed for face masks, because there was that uh, horrifying face mask shortage early on. And they, they activated a whole team of volunteers who mostly came and picked up kits and took them home and produced masks and then brought them back in. And we washed them and packaged them nice and clean and sent them off to um, both the emergency preparedness um, team as well as some of the medical facilities. And then we started realizing that um, among those who needed to be wearing the full PPEs, Um, There was a part that they were having a hard time obtaining, which essentially connected the oxygen hose into the hood. And so some of our electronic and technical arts people started printing, 3D printing these parts. And then they started making face shields and um, Cub Scout from somewhere. I don't think locally designed a strap that people could hook their face mask straps onto, so that they wouldn't have to rely on their ears to hold the face mask on. Um, So it was relieving that. So the electronic and technical arts activated and the fiber arts people were trying to figure out a good nose band to create so that it could be shaped around people's noses and they could wear their glasses over them or it would just stay on and be well sealed. And our um, sheet metal folks, started uh, figuring out, testing different types of metal and eventually came down to deciding that zinc was the right, so there's a zinc strip inside every one of the more than 5,000 face masks they made um, that uh, sits in here so that you can shape the mask to your face. Um, Our wood shop made um, bins initially for Helpline House, our um, food bank source here on the island were critter-proof and on wheels so that the volunteers at Helpline House could fill those containers with food and leave them outside the building so that people who needed to could come by and pick up food without any personal contact with anyone, and the critters wouldn't get in and um, take or ruin the food. So there were all kinds of projects like that going on early on, and that's how we were spending a lot of our time. And then we started the um, sort of the pivot to, oh, but people still want to be doing art. They still want to connect. So there were a lot of Zoom gatherings of like interests. And then we started offering online classes. And we've been just really surprised at how popular those have been. Um, With your so online on- classes, did you
0: have supplies prepared that people can swing by and pick up supplies? And
1: yeah. And do online classes together? Right. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the studio and and the class, but um, yeah, we have a whole system. We have a drop off and pick up bins out front, and if there's a class coming up and people are local, they can stop by and pick up the kit that they need for their class. If they are from somewhere farther away, we'll mail them to them the kits. It takes a lot of planning further out, um, and then studios like Kitchen Arts, we've really Kitchen Arts and Writers are the two studios that. I am sure we'll be continuing to offer online classes into our future because a lot of people discovered that they really loved taking a cooking class with a with a chef right there to answer their questions and help them, but in their own kitchens using their own equipment. In that case, we just send them a list of what they need to have. They can go to the grocery store. I just took a cooking class last week with my daughter in making a, a carrot pistachio cake with a carrot glaze on it. Ooh, so good. Anyway, I, I realized, yeah, even though we don't have the right equipment, I was like, well, what's a sieve? I don't have a sieve. And she made suggestions and off I went. But um, so some of those classes, some of those aspects of what we what we shifted to do will continue. We're also um, offering some classes, especially into this summer. We did it in the fall and we've done a couple things this spring outdoors under canopies. Um, So we'll be able to have more people and outdoors with breeze blowing through and that kind of thing. And I don't think that will go away either. I think that will continue to be a part of um, how we run our business moving forward. So with the
0: pandemic, um, people had to pivot. They had to um, reinvent sometimes and figure out ways in which to not just sustain their business, but how could their organization um, help support the community? And in addition to everything you've just shared with us, I believe you also helped um, our local food bank helpline house with meals too, didn't you?
1: We did. We got grants from um, Bainbridge Community Foundation and then First Federal Bank and Kitsap Bank. And we're on a pause right now, but we'll probably start it up again. Our program called Barn Bites, where once a week we provided meals to about 250 people um, through Helpline House, Island Volunteer Caregivers, the Senior Center. Um, uh, We took over the meal provisions that Gateway Community Church in Paulsbo was providing to the Hostmark community. And we also delivered meals up to ShareNet, which is a Port Gamble Kitsap, uh, kind of similar organization to Helpline House. And um, so, and then we, a lot of individuals donated to that because they saw the value of it. So it would be nutritious meals with two or three different choices of foods, including vegetarian options and gluten free options. And um, the volunteers just really came together and they would work in teams of just two or three, well spread out in the kitchen at different times over two or three days to put these meals together. Um, so that was a really powerful um, way to feel like we were providing something needed. And we hope to get it started again, but we we need to raise more funds for that one. The other thing, the wood shop also was making um, small desks for children who were trying to learn from home, but they were in a household where there really wasn't a place for them to just sit down and be a student. And um, those were really well received as well. And um, they've gone into a, a few community, a few individuals here on Bainbridge Island, and several over in um, in Suquamish as well.
0: So it sounds like um, <clears throat> some of the um, new programs that you initiated will stick because it's, there were a couple that you already mentioned. Um, are there other ones that you think, besides the, the one or two that you said?
1: Yeah, there's definitely others and we're still figuring it out. We have this uh, semi-brilliant idea of offering hybrid classes where people who are comfortable can come and be in the class on site in the studio and others who are not or live too far away can access the class online. But it turns out that an all online class we've got that down pretty well, or an all in-person class, that's what we were created to do, right? But to do something where there's a little of both is technologically even more challenging. So we're still figuring that out a little bit, but we're we're starting with some meetings where there's a mix and um, looking into funds for some of the technology we need to do that. But um, the other piece that's that we're excited about is, In 2019 into 2020 we were running our first nine-month Advanced Jewelry Apprentice Certificate Program. Um, We're licensed through the Workforce Training Board for Washington State and um, we of course had to stop because of COVID before the program was over but some of our students continued working with the, the program manager of this of this uh certificate um her name is nans Alland. they continued working with her online and then as it was possible one of them kind of kept coming in just occasionally with distance coaching and he completed the certificate and two of them actually are now employed in the jewelry industry which is really cool but as we're planning to start that certificate program again this fall there will be a mix of um of online and in-person time for those students, so they'll be in the building probably four mornings a week, and then um, they'll have small um, sort of workbenches at home, and they'll take some of their classes online. So it it lightens the time needed in the in the in the building and leaves more space for other students and other kinds of classes and open studios for uh, more advanced jewelers, and also gives our students an opportunity to, the certificate students, I'm sorry, an opportunity to um, continue to engage from home. So, I mean, we just, we've learned a lot through this, the kinds of lessons that might've taken decades or might've never really been taught without this nightmare of a pandemic. Um, There's always a silver lining and that's been a big part of it for us.
0: I agree with that. And I love the idea of the hybrid classes because you serve all ages. So there could be folks, depending on their age, that aren't quite mobile. And the ability that they can now access barn from their home and engage with others, though, really helps because there's been a lot of isolation and loneliness during this too. So that really is a wonderful opportunity for folks.
1: And and one of the things that sustained a lot of our members through, through the pandemic has been they've organized some weekly gatherings of people who do similar, like there's a surface design or a, a sewing group, and they'll get together once a week and share with each other. And the woodworkers do it, not quite as often, but share with one another what they've been working on and get ideas from each other. And I'm stuck here. Does anybody have any ideas? So there's been a lovely way to connect in that respect. And we're also as an organization working on some ways to make barn more accessible for people. You mentioned people with um, mobility challenges, for example, and we do have an elevator getting people from the ups, up upper floor to the lower floor, but we also recently obtained a, a lathe for our uh, wood shop that is um, it can be lowered or raised so that if a person wanted to work at the lathe but they were in a wheelchair or couldn't stand for long enough, it can be set for them and we'll actually have it set at that lower level most of the time for them to access that tool. So we're working on a variety of ways um, to make barn more accessible to people with different abilities. I love it. Now, during the past
0: year, um, fundraising for nonprofits Mm -hmm. has looked different can you tell us about that for barn
1: yeah so um i made a decision early on um not to spend too much energy asking for funds from the community for barn except for our community service our response to the COVID crisis um funds and part of that is because we're fortunate enough to have a a a reserve that was going to help us through and we knew that our costs would be very low because we couldn't have people in the building accessing the building so we wanted to leave that fund the funds out there mostly for organizations that were in dire straits or that were also doing something to really help people through the pandemic and um and uh by by wintertime, we were ready to start, okay, we're going to have to get back on the fundraising wagon for operational kinds of costs. Mm-hmm. So we ran our first auction. and We've never had an auction before, but our artists who've been involved for years were, many of them were super excited to be asked to provide something or heard about it and said, hey, I, I'd like to contribute something. So we had an auction in March. And... Um, a lot of generous supporters either donated or bought items or experiences provided through barn from that auction. I know that a lot of organizations that really needed to continue to raise funds have been inspired by the amount of generosity. We've all been inspired by the amount of generosity from this community. Um, There are individuals who have investments in certain kinds of things Who actually did well financially during the pandemic and many of them immediately wanted to turn and share that um, that benefit with people who needed it and uh, so a lot of the nonprofit organizations on the island um, you know they ran online fundraisers and um, were gratified by how much support we all got
0: yours was an online one too wasn't it
1: yeah the auction was yes
0: yeah yeah and um, you and I had been talking about this in, uh, over the last several months, but the nonprofits um, have been in, around the country, um, definitely supported by their neighbors to uh, mm-hmm. keep them going
1: and, right. and helping them help others. Right, so it's not such a great story for everyone. There's definitely right. been many nonprofits and small businesses still suffering as everyone I think probably knows. Um, and lots of individuals who are still trying to figure out <clears throat> you know how to reenter <laughs> reenter their community or their society and I think that 's part of what what we 're able to offer here is an opportunity for um for someone to engage in the community either as a volunteer or as a student in a class or a user of the facility um, for an open studio that helps to reconnect them with other people, other people who have skills they're happy to share, um, and also just contribute to um, community in a way that kind of makes us all feel better. And we also um, have provided opportunities along the way for um, people to kind of process or honor losses that they've experienced during this time offer, honor people that they've lost or process the struggles that they've had. Um, Being able to express yourself creatively, creatively is, um, can be really therapeutic, even for people who don't think of themselves as artists.
0: Yeah. It could help them through a grieving process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we're going to have to wrap up because we do try to keep these to 20 to 25 minutes. Barn sounds fabulous.
1: Do you have to be a member? No, you don't. You do not have to be a member to take a class or even to access open studios. Members get the benefit of discounts in their classes and free open studios once they've passed all the safety training that they need, depending on the studio. Not much safety training in the writer's studio, a lot more in woodworking or welding. and uh, But non-members are welcome to come and see the building, take a walk around, see what's here, go online, and um, they, can, they can take classes and um, get the orientations they need to, to access the open studios. And um, we have financial aid, both for memberships and for classes. So if someone thinks the cost of this would be out of my reach, um, we are eager to alleviate that. So they can just, on every class, it says, you know, financial assistance is available. Click here. And it's, it's a very simple process. What is the website? Ah, it's um, bainbridgebarn.org. So
0: that's b-a-i-n-b-r-i-d-g-e-b-a-r-n.org. Exactly. Great. Yes. Well, Thank you, Denise, for spending time with us today to talk about how local organizations are so important for community building and bringing out the best in all of us.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This has been a real honor. I'm excited that more people will hear about what's happening and hopefully be excited to engage themselves in some way, whether it's at Barn or just in life. Well, everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening with Denise
0: and I today and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.